Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of With Joy, a self-improvement podcast with motivational life experiences of successful people across the world. Today I'm talking to Tim Lucier from Ontario, Canada. Now Tim works and manages a retreat center called Northern Edge Algonquin. He's a certified Kamari consultant with a business specializing in maximizing minimalism. He's also a yoga instructor and a great advocate of productivity, where he transformed these ideas into his own and lost over 70 pounds with self-discipline and habit building. Let's go on in and have a chat with him. Hey, Tim. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, Tim, you're one of the only Canadian people I get to talk to on this podcast. So before we begin, if you don't mind, could you talk a bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I am a certified KonMari consultant and a facilitator of experiences at my home, Northern Edge Algonquin, which is a retreat center where we explore transformational leadership, deep connection, and extraordinary living. I grew up there, which I think gives a bit of a window into my background and my approach to life. You know, it's hard to describe myself in a linear way. I would say that I've explored theater, dance, music, fitness, yoga, Uh, travel and history, the KonMari method, habit hacking and productivity. So I I really just consider myself a dreamer and doer. That's me. That's fantastic, Tim. That well-rounded nature of yours is going to be really practical. I can already tell that you have many stories based on this wide range of fields that you dabble in. You never know when opportunities come and go. And, you know, like you previously mentioned, it's kind of interesting hearing you talk about KonMari What propelled you to go towards this direction? Mm -hmm. Well, over the past couple of years, I started thinking about maybe expanding that, starting to explore home organizing as a potential career opportunity. And once I decided that I was interested in that, uh, one of the first names that everybody knows when it comes to minimalizing and decluttering is Marie Kondo. So first book I read on the subject and I just immediately resonated. So right away, uh, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. So I applied the whole method to my life and found a great deal of change through that. And and then I was invited to go out to the training that they were hosting in San Francisco. I think that was about two years ago now. I was the 18th person in Canada to be certified in the method. I can tell that this is definitely something that's going to be very useful at home or anywhere you go. I recall you previously mentioned that you were part of the retreat and this was kind of the environment that you grew up in. Being in this environment, how has this field or industry felt to you so far? So my experience of growing up in a retreat center, I think, was a really unique way to grow up. So from a young age, I was engaged in working with groups and meeting people of all different types, engaging and spending time with a lot of adults that had really unique interests, like adults that in in the 90s were interested in yoga and stuff like that, which is a lot more common now. But at the time, it was a very interesting group of people to be growing up around. Lots of corporate groups coming in or school groups that were learning uh, how to work better together. And I was around through all of that, just sort of absorbing everything that they were learning and witnessing these brilliant facilitators that that were coming to the center. Uh, I got to meet the Tibetan monks um, and they came and stayed for a couple days uh, on three separate occasions, actually building this huge sand mandala and and drifting it off into the lake. So really I had a growing up experience that is extremely (laughs) individualized through the retreat center experience. 
Seeing that you're such an open person, I'm sure that there are many stories that allowed you to shape your mindset. I know that being in the retreat, there are many different activities and everything there is very much planned out for various types of clients. So, you know, within this retreat, generally, how is everything operated? Mm, at the retreat center, in terms of itinerary and pre-planned activities, we really try to go with the flow. So our approach to that is to gather everybody's interests and insights ahead of the retreat to kind of get a sense of what people are hoping to achieve. And then we just try to really go with the flow and try to include as many of those opportunities as possible. Yeah, that sounds super fun. And I'm sure that everyone has a great time there. Back when we first initially met and talked about you know, your background in the retreat and everything. I remember you talking about being a yoga instructor, at least recently becoming one. So how was your experience there and what made you want to transition into trying to become one? I started to feel like I had these facilitations and leadership skills, but I didn't have any particular areas of expertise beyond that. In particular with facilitating retreats, I was starting to feel a little bit of imposter syndrome because um, <laughs> as much as I could step in and facilitate something, I didn't have any specialties. Really. But I think that that led to me getting certified in the KonMari method and then later starting to grow an interest in yoga. And actually part of that was um, I had this huge fitness journey in my life and I was a dancer when I was younger. I had this, a lot of this flexibility so I'd go to a yoga class and kind of blow myself away at, at what was possible in my body and I decided that it felt like I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into yoga just to learn more about it and to get a sense of the language and what was going on and just on all levels so that I could just have an overall better understanding of it. So I did a, a year-long 600-hour teacher training program uh, wow. with the HIMSA Center in Huntsville, Ontario. It was quite the process and to be <laughs> honest with you, uh, we wrapped up in December and I still had a few other hours that I needed to collect on assisting classes, attending classes uh, that were kind of put on hold by COVID, unfortunately. But I think I got what I was looking for out of that. I wasn't necessarily meaning to become a yoga teacher so much as to learn what I could about yoga and explore it as an interest. And I feel that I've done that definitely. So that was a nice journey to go on. Besides the physical benefits, there's also many, you know, it really helps you maintain your mental health in a sense. You spoke about your fitness journey and how you were previously a dancer, it seems like you have a very intensive background. So has there been any particular instance that you find to be transformative to you? Yeah, I, I had a huge uh, fitness transformation three or four years ago now. So I had been all my life struggling with my weight. Back in high school, I, I was not necessarily fit. I could do the moves though. <laughs> Yeah, but I always struggled with my weight from early teenager onward. And when I was in Toronto in my early 20s, I, uh, I read a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Mm. It's a really, it's a pretty well-known book on habit development. It gave me some tools and, and actually started me down this path of thinking about healthy habits in a different way. There are some things that I adapted and made a part of my life at that point, one of which was going to the gym quite often at the time, three or four days a week, and then that increased to five days a week. And I just built this strong, successful system of continuing to go to the gym and, and having that become a, a healthy habit that, that was giving me 
everything I needed in a, in a habit loop. But I was still not necessarily experiencing the weight loss that I was looking for. I was building a lot of muscle, but I was not uh, achieving what I was setting out to do. So I continued working out without really much fluctuation in my weight. And then it was maybe three or four years ago that I was working with my trainer and he mentioned this transformational challenge. It was run by Popeyes. I think it was called the Transformation Challenge. Wow. And it involved taking a before picture and working out for kind of a set amount of time and eating right and then reporting back on, on your progress. And there were some cash prizes and stuff. Nice. Um, and it really piqued my interest. It just it just hit on that perfect time of I was really feeling like I needed to kick it in gear. And then right. there, there was this opportunity and I just decided to dive full force into it. So it wasn't until I actually made changes to my nutrition <laughs> that I started to oh. experience <laughs> the benefits that I'd been looking for. Right. I had been working out for maybe three or four years and it, it really come, came down to uh, changing my nutrition. I think that summer and within the bounds of that competition, I dropped 25 or 30 pounds. And Ooh, then wow. I continued that uh, that weight loss trajectory for another year and a half, two years, uh, totaling about 70 pounds of weight loss. So I'm very excited to get back on the train and, and lose the last <laughs> 15, 20 that <laughs> that's on my goal. But um, yeah, really life-changing, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, Tim, you look fantastic, first of all. And also, I'm sure for you to do this for years, that's crazy. I can't imagine myself or you know, a lot of people probably can't imagine being on this journey for so long. And you know, that kind of piques my interest, how you mentioned that despite having years of exercise, it was that shift in your nutrition that really changed everything. So just out of curiosity, what was your like original diet kind of like? And then afterwards, what change did you make to have such a huge difference? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question. Looking back, I mean, it, it's hard to say exactly what I was eating. When you break it down, weight loss is pretty pretty mathematical. It's mm. a calorie deficit. So clearly I was eating more calories than I needed. And that's why I wasn't experiencing the body that I, <laughs> that I wanted. It's hard to say exactly what I was doing, but I do know what I did for changes is right. I, I mean, I had been yo-yo dieting for years on a diet, off a diet on a different diet. So I had been exploring different different methods of eating for years and trying different things, but with very little sustained success. I worked with a nutritionist at one point and I had very minor success, but overall not that great. Right. What I ended up doing for this challenge is I wrote down a list of every piece of those former diets that had worked for me. So for example, giving up bread long-term, not necessarily a sustainable thing that I wanted to be doing in my life, but committing to having a bite of protein and some vegetables at every single meal was something that I knew that I, that was realistic for me. Another rule I, I added in was no eating past 11 p.m. And then I later bumped that up to 8 p.m. And then I bumped that oh, up wow. to no eating after dinner time. And just by sticking to that, it's, it's sort of just setting hard and fast rules for yourself that feel achievable to you personally, I think would be the advice I would give somebody looking at having a similar journey. 
is that there there's thousands of resources out there, whether it's inter intermittent right. fasting, there are so many diets and suggestions on how to lose weight out there. And with anything, I say this with decluttering too, in the KonMari method, you take from any methodology, the pieces of that methodology that will work for you personally, and you try to integrate them into your life and it gets you a little bit better. So aiming to be 1% better every day, right? Yeah, for sure. It's that accumulation that makes a big difference. And it's funny that you say that because it's really easy to find information nowadays at least, but to find the right information is definitely something that sets you know everything apart. And I think for you, it's, it's good that you were able to kind of mix in your own version of kind of like a keto with kind of like a intermittent fasting and then you know, that really worked for you. And the thing is, it it continues to be a struggle for me. I'm still not right. where I want to be. And <laughs> I've had quite the past, quite the time, the few months of trying to struggle with, you know, body image and, mm -hmm. and eating not optimally in my opinion of how I want to be eating. And, and it, it's always a journey, I guess. Yeah, that's life. It's interesting to hear how you were able to relate diet with something like decluttering. So is there any specific tips you would advise for anyone who, well, this is general for sure, but is there any type of universal tip that you think would help most people with really decluttering their own space? Well, uh, the KonMari method, which which I practice and, and teach, is known for the term spark joy. So you're really asking yourself the question about every single thing in your life. I think that that's a bit of a short form for asking, is this thing in alignment with the life that I want to be living and the goals that I've set for myself and the person that I want to be? So really, I think overall it's about choosing and becoming a better decision maker so the biggest tip i have for becoming a better decision maker is just trust your intuition and trust uh choosing what's going to make you feel good absolutely with KonMari as well as you know fitness building and even diet i can see now that you're a product of all this habit building so you know within habit building do you have any any tips on how to have that perseverance and how to keep going and how to actually build the habits that you want in life mm -hmm. well i would say anybody that's interested in exploring their habits a little bit further i would recommend them to a resource uh, atomic habits is a book by james clear uh you can see it everywhere it's in, it's in stores and he's kind of the expert on the topic these days. I think with habits, the idea of integrating something really well is going to be the biggest key. So it's about taking those little habits and linking them together. So I've developed for myself a really strong morning routine. where When I get out of bed, I put a podcast on which entertains me while I make my bed. Lovely. And then I go to the bathroom and do my whole bathroom, getting ready for the routine. And then I come back and get dressed. And it's just this whole experience that I've created for myself that one thing leads to the next thing, leads to the next thing. And it all starts with the simplest thing that's actually something I want to do, which is pressing play on the podcast that I'm listening to. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like you said, it's difficult to set habits and I can see that it might be difficult for someone to incorporate a habit if it's very foreign to them. So by making it an enjoyable experience, I definitely understand how that could help with 
you know, building your habit. And eventually, every day is one percent. Soon you'll reach a hundred percent, or beyond. Or, or you'll set new boundaries of what a hundred percent means. And really, I think it was the idea that that some habits could be foreign.、Right. I think choosing choosing to integrate habits that aren't going to be too foreign for you. So. For example,、uh, going to the gym every day might be a really foreign habit. You could replace that by, you know, taking the stairs every day. Does that feel a little bit less foreign? Or going for a really short walk with your dog every day, or doing one push-up a day is a, another really great example that actually James Clear uses. Something that's that's just going to be easy because you want it to be easy so that you can. Make sure that you're committing to doing it regularly because repetition is the key to building a habit. The repetition it really helps you consolidate it. At least wires it in your brain a bit better. From you know the start is always going to be difficult. It's just a matter of taking charge and continuing with it. That's what defines a habit. All right, Tim. So with all that's being said, I know everyone has crazy stories and a lot of experiences. But to sum it all up into one. Main key point that you want our listeners and audience to take away. What would you say is that one key message? I would say to learn how to make better decisions and to trust your gut and trust your intuition. That's something that I taught myself when I was younger. I had when I was in high school.、Uh, I think I was in grade ten when I was hanging out with some friends in a downstairs hallway and. I had to go up to the office for some reason, and for some reason, I decided to leave my backpack behind with my group of friends, not kind of thinking about it. Now, on my way up the stairs, like two minutes after walking away from them, I just had this feeling I should go back and get my backpack,、right. and I didn't trust that. I continued on to the office. I did my thing. <laughs> When I came back. All my friends were gone. My backpack was gone. It later turned out that、uh, my friends had like gone to their classes and not noticed that my backpack was there. And then some other student had stolen my backpack and、oh、it into the、gosh. girls' washroom, trashed all my stuff, and then stolen and sold my iPod. What、um, the heck? And if I if I had just trusted my intuition, you know. That would not have happened if I two minutes after leaving my friends had gone back from my backpack like I like my mind told me to do. So after that experience and and a few other similar kind of experiences, that's the main one that like I really remember.、Right. But I just started to listen to my gut more, and that comes down to sometimes. I will get just a really bad feeling about like, oh, I should not get in the car and drive to this, even though I've agreed to go to this event. Or、um, mm-hmm. I always trust myself on that because I know that if I then get in that car and I go, <laughs> right? So I really just, I really just advise people to trust、right. their gut because it's powerful and it knows a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if you had such a strong feeling about your backpack and your iPod got freaking sold, like I I can see why it might be a problem if you got into that car. <laughs> to another extent, I think your your gut and your intuition is something that you can train. So if you feel like you don't have strong intuition, that is something you can you can train. Simply by making more choices and making more decisions that are good for you, based on who you want to be, how you want to be living. And and choosing joy and choosing what brings you joy is a really great way to train that intuitive muscle. 
Absolutely. The experience really does help with the intuition. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tim. If anyone ever wants to reach out to you and, you know, maybe talk about Kamari, maybe talk about yoga, maybe talk about the retreat, maybe talk about all these amazing topics, how can they get in touch with you? I have a website and blog at tidytim.ca. So T-I-D-Y-T-I-M.ca. Um, and that's also my social media account for uh, for all things KonMari organization, productivity, habit building. So you can find me at, at tidytim.ca on Instagram or facebook.com slash tidytim.ca. Um, for anything else, like like more like the fitness or personal stuff, uh, just my name, Tim Lucier. I have an Instagram there. Yeah, if you're interested in planning a, a small group custom retreat about three hours north of Toronto on the northwestern corner of Algonquin Parks, it's uh, my home, Northern Edge Algonquin, offers all-inclusive retreat experiences for small groups. So that could be a really great fit if you're interested in that. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Tim. I know that it's been a very diverse field that you covered today, but I'm sure that all of these are very much integrated into our everyday life. And if we are able to channel our ability to be fully productive and build those habits, it's easy for anyone to achieve success as long as we could keep that up. So thank you so much. It's so important for everyone to learn of these stories. And thank you so much for being on With Joy. With all that was said in mind, remember that we first make our habits and then our habits make us. But like KonMari, we can always choose what sparks the joy within us. Next week, we'll have Vicky Yaff, an anxiety and procrastination coach with amazing insights on how to optimize your mental health. As always, follow us at withjoy underscore podcast on Instagram and withjoypodcast on Facebook. All episodes are released every Wednesday and our YouTube segments are released every Friday. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you all next week.